I think it started out with just being intentional and showing up in a way that you cared. I think being extroverted helped me not be afraid to say hello and talk to people. I've always had an interest of who's in the room, what's their experience. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Delaney. And you're listening to There Better Be Snacks. The podcast for new grads by new grads, where we navigate our early 20s together. From the first jobs to the first apartments and the big moves, we'll dive into all the good and not so good. From the exciting moments like the first job offer and big girl paycheck to the heavier lifts like building your network, negotiating for yourself, and adapting to ever-evolving relationships. We'll get through it all together. Hi friends, and welcome to the podcast. In today's episode, we tackle topics like perceptions based on age, having to pass on happy hours because you aren't old enough yet, and how to use your voice even when you aren't sure you have something to bring to the table. We'll dive into all of that and more in this episode. Let's get into it. So today's topic is very near and dear to our hearts. It's about something that might be near and dear to your heart, too. And how old you are. (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to talk about being younger in the workplace. And we're figuring it out. You may be figuring it out. This is very vague, but we're going to get into all the deets. I'll go ahead and say why I care about this. (laughs) Why, Why it's our episode number two. Basically, I work for a company that has been kind of a quasi-governmental organization. And about two years ago or so, this is the statistic my manager shared with me, the average age of the employees at this company was 55, which is not really close to 22, which is how old I am. I think a couple of people have retired, kind of shifting the scale a little bit, but Still not many people who are new grads at this company and they're trying to make a shift. Regardless, you walk into a room and people don't look like you and it's weird, (laughs) essentially. And also you notice it and other people notice it too. We're trying to figure out what that means to us. How do we cope with that? How do we not only cope, but thrive from that? And how can we help others to be their best too when we're young? Delaney, what's your connection to this? What's my take? First of all, I think quasi should be used significantly more often. (laughs) Anyway, I full-time freelance, which means there are some different things when it comes to age and experience and things like that, that I deal with that might look a little bit different for Lauren. And because of what I do, I experience a lot of probably more likely than not, they're in my head more than they're actually out there in existence, but barriers because of my age or not even barriers, probably not a good word, but just like differences in perspective um, and different experiences based on how old I am and how recent of a grad I am. And because of that, it's a topic that Lauren and I were talking about as something that we think about really often that isn't talked about very openly. I think people graduate from college and they're like so gung-ho. You just go out ready to like take action and start this new job 
show them who's boss, all the things. And you expect that this team environment is going to be excited and ready to have you. And hopefully they are. A good company will be excited and ready to have you no matter how old you are. But there might be some things that might feel a little awkward or unexpected, especially if your coworkers are at different places in life and business than you are. We wanted to dive into the idea of age versus experience and what those two things mean for you as an employee, what we've learned so far, some of our experiences, and how that might impact you in the future. Lauren, do you want to start us off? So on my team, the team is basically made up of senior level folks who have had leadership experience and also have kids or are in that kind of stage of life. The other half of my team, the analysts, the younger folks on the team, I guess, that kind of structure is very rare for the company because the company doesn't really hire folks just right out of college. My manager was one of those people who was willing to take a chance. And I think that's, that was really interesting to hear when I was hired because normally you don't think of hiring a college grad as taking a chance, or at least a lot of companies don't see it that way because like Delaney was saying, people who are younger in their career don't have as many obligations and they also have, a, I don't know, a lot of drive. You're super passionate about work and you're excited to prove yourself. So it's a different company culture, I guess. Most of my coworkers have worked in multiple different roles. And so with that, they have all this nuanced experience. So whereas I'm coming in, my job, my manager talked about for my first year expectation is that I can begin to start asking questions and um, participating in the room with more senior level employees. And that's really the only expectation. They understand that I don't know enough at this point to have such nuanced ideas of how like our company makes money and how we should structure a deal, which is kind of what my team does. So going in, I guess, right off the gate, there's definitely a different expectation that is set on me because of my experience or my background as being a recent college grad, which has been interesting because it was not a perception I was expecting. So I don't know. I think that's kind of why Delaney and I have talked about this. You don't really anticipate something to be as uh, present as it is, as well as I was doing some research when I first started because I was like, this is kind of weird. Does anyone else ever feel this way? And I looked up, I don't know, buzzwords of being a different age as your coworkers or age discrimination because I was interested after hearing certain comments or even people talking about it in a team meeting about their favorite rock band from the 80s, which clearly you have nothing to add to that conversation unless you like that music. Maybe you do. I don't. Anyway, right, whatever. Lauren doesn't hate 80s music. She's just saying she's not super familiar with all the bands. It's fine. 
so I, I was thinking of it like is this age discrimination if I'm being excluded from these conversations not like I was going to file anything with HR it was not anything bad I was just curious if other people have had like real experiences like that and it was all for people who were aging out of the workforce and losing their jobs or not being um, considered for positions that they should otherwise so it was all like about people who are at the end of their career rather than the beginning which I just was surprised that no one was talking about it. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. And I think, Lauren, you said something that was very interesting to me that your manager, I think it was your manager, went in with this expectation of, we only have one thing for you. And it's that we want you to start asking questions and just like listen and pay attention and learn. And that's your goal for your first year. And I feel that in some ways that was probably really I feel like this is a really like floofy word, but it's probably very freeing for you <laughs> to not have this expectation of, oh my goodness, I have to know all this backstory about this company, know what the right next move is with so little background knowledge on it. So in some ways, I feel like that was probably really helpful. But on the other side of the coin, it also feels a little bit limiting. Maybe not limiting is the right word, but because on one hand, it sounds like an opportunity to like prove that you can do more and like, but at the same time, I wonder if for someone who's not like you, Lauren, for someone who's not like, I'm going to show them, I can do all this stuff. I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to do research. I'm going to do all these things. If that would kind of play into the stereotype of younger people not going above and beyond. I wonder if someone who didn't have the same level of like, awareness as you or maybe dedication as you would see that as like a hall pass of like oh cool this is all that's asked of me this is all I need to do and I think the hard thing is your boss might tell you that's all they expect of you but they have to expect more than that I don't know what do you think about that they they definitely do expect more part of me wonders do they have that expectation because it's really reasonable or it's just an assumption of how they think a young person can tr contribute with their experience. I'd like to think I'm proving them wrong in that um, belief, but who knows? Yeah. Like you were saying, it can feel like freeing, but at the same time, that's the bare minimum probably. You have to be able to do so much more than that, at least the way that I'm seeing it. But like you're saying, maybe it's just my mindset, but yeah, I don't know. It seems... Like that's not actually the only expectation. Yeah. Well, because it doesn't seem like it to me. It seems like you're paying someone a salary. You probably expect more things than just- But it's also an investment because that's the They're thing. They're hoping if... you stay around for several years. Right. Because they could hire an analyst internally who would have just more of a plug and play strength to add. But they went in for- someone who is younger with a fresher set of eyes, which is an advantage in itself, but. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. On one hand, I almost feel like saying that, like saying this is your expectation and it's here. Like it could be those positive things, but it also could make you feel like, oh, that's all they think I can do. Yeah. Like I want them to have higher expectations. I want to be challenged. Definitely. I think it's also another element of working as you are in the job search or as you are in your first job 
like the size of company really does influence the culture. Like Delaney, you are a team of one. And so you have so much more autonomy and whatever like route you want to take, you can just go there. Whereas for someone entry level at a 3000 person company, it's probably a little bit of level setting expectations that my manager did. Where I interned at the summer prior, there was so much autonomy and I was able to join a committee with executives on it and pitch them my ideas. Whereas my manager in a way was probably level setting and saying, realistically, you can ask the questions to get the people in the room who are making the decisions to think, but you're not quite at a position yet with this kind of hierarchy to really be the one to like be the money maker and shake things up. So, I mean, that could have been something that he was doing too. Yeah. Did your internship, do you remember, did they say anything at the beginning of like what their expectations of you were? No, but I had also worked there. I interned there the summer before. So it was after self-reflection, I had my own (laughs) expectations set up. The other thing that I was going to say is it's so easy to impress people, even though it does seem hard to get people to trust you because of your lack of experience. It's also so much easier to impress people because they have low expectations. So if you're able to put in 10% more thought than what they're expecting, they're really amazed, which is helpful. Yeah. And it's very strange. I had an internship after my junior year. It was like a fairly young agency. So it wasn't like I was, you know, 20 years younger than my coworkers, more like six to 10 to most of them. And then maybe there was a handful in their like 40s and 50s. But I don't know if it's because they had had interns in the past that didn't work very hard. But I remember my coordinator being like, these are the accounts you'll kind of do some work on. But I've let them know that if any other accounts have, you know, things they need help with, they can pull you. And all of a sudden, like every account was pulling me to do work. And my like supervisor was like, they're all so impressed by the work you're doing, all this stuff. And I was like, I don't feel like I was doing anything that special. I was trying hard. And I think because I was 19 years old, they were like, oh my gosh, she's like a, she's like a little PR Einstein in here. (laughs) Maybe they didn't actually think I was that great, but they made it seem like they thought I was that great all the time. And my internship coordinator was like, oh my gosh, like I was sending her an idea of a friend who could do the internet. She's like, if she's like another one of you, then we'll take, you know, three of her. And I was like, LOL, gas me up. Um, but is that what people say? Like, is that what the cool kids say? What do they say now? Is that cool? Okay. That's exactly, you're the cool kid. Are you kidding? <laughs> I was when I was there. Um, <laughs> but uh. like that sort of thing where, it was almost confusing. Like it didn't go to my head. I still didn't think I was that great at it, but maybe that's just a personality thing. (laughs) It seemed what you said, the expectations on the floor, pick it up, like pick the bar up off the ground. Like that's how low it is. Maybe it was higher than that, but not by much. And so I think if you set your own bar for yourself and then you go above that bar and their bar was way down here, I'm gesturing, I'm making levels with my hands, (laughs) but you know, their bar is a lot lower than the one you set for yourself. Like, of course, you're going to surpass their expectations, especially if you surpass your own. So reflecting on it more, it was about my age. It wasn't that, you know, if I was like an employee and I was 25 and I just got hired there, I don't think I would have had the same reaction. And I actually am like contracting with that same company now. 
and they're great and they're always very appreciative of my work <laughs> like they're lovely but I don't feel like it's the same like wow oh my gosh because they well first of all they just know I can do it now but I think then it was so and if anyone listened to this and they're like you weren't that great then just don't tell me <laughs> but well, they hired me again so I guess I was probably okay <laughs> but yeah stuff like that is interesting because yeah I just think I think the age does make a difference Talking about the bar that they set for you for an intern or first job out of college versus bar that you set for yourself is going to be very different and to be, well, potentially, and to be careful and aware of that and know just because it seems like the bar is low so you can get away with or still get a passing grade by performing at a certain level, you have to be careful not to anchor yourself to that expectation and to still think about your own goals and make sure that you're meeting those. Especially if it's that first job and like you want a promotion in a year and a half, like they're not going to give you a promotion if you're doing the bare minimum. That's not how it works. (laughs) I don't think. (laughs) Nobody's told us that. Yeah. It's definitely an advantage in some ways. And so yeah, just play to your strengths. Yeah, just show yeah. them. Show them how good you are. It's fine. Going back to what you were saying, Delaney, about as an intern, getting feedback that your work was good and getting more people to be requesting you to have you do work for them. Like Those are both different ways of affirming the kind of caliber that you're delivering on. But the way you said it, it sounded like you still didn't have that much confidence. We're still kind of unsure if the bee-boop bopping was working or whatever, however you want to say Professional bee-boop bopper. <laughs> so looking back, why do you think you didn't have the confidence? And with hindsight now, do you think you should have? Or was it beneficial that you had a level head? Well, what I would have said before I read an interesting Instagram post today, I would have said, oh, it's probably imposter syndrome. I just didn't think I belonged there. But then I was reading this post about how we should stop calling it imposter syndrome because what it actually is, is not, and maybe that's not the case in the situation, but a lot of times it's that we just haven't seen representation of ourselves in that situation before and haven't been given the tools and the role models and the resources to think that that's something that's attainable for us. I don't know if I would put the internship in that category but I'm trying not to use that word anymore. I think looking back on it now and like the past or about about a year of being self-employed, there are a lot of times when I think there's two things. I think there's maybe it's just like how you're raised or whatever to like be modest and like not brag, not boast, like that sort of thing. So I think that's part of it. I think that I've reflected. That's part of the reason why I think I always struggled to say I was doing a good job on things. And then part two is I think if you maybe are naturally a little bit competitive or you like you're coming from an academic environment where you want the highest grade, you just don't, maybe not everyone wants that, but like everyone wants to have a better grade on a test. Like most of the time there were classes where I got grades on things and I was like, I'm happy with that. I'll take it because it was really hard. (laughs) But if you could have it your way, you would want the higher grade. Like, I don't think anyone would argue with that. Maybe you wouldn't actually study more or do more work to get that. But if you could pick it, you would. 
And I feel that in my internship role, coming from that academic environment, and I think the internship felt a little bit like that. It was like, I'm the only intern. I'm a baby here compared to all these people. I want to do a good job. I want to be better. I want to always be better. Don't want to let anyone down ever. And even if I was being told I was doing a good job, I think that not that I ever got like really harsh feedback on anything, but I would be like, oh, they sent back edits on that pitch. Side note that I didn't know them, but I know now there's always going to be an edit on a pitch. It doesn't matter how good the pitch is. There's going to be an edit on it because everyone has their own thing that they want to put in there. But I would think about that. I'd be like, oh, I need to figure out what this one thing that this one account executive doesn't like in this pitch so I can not have the next one. And I was always like, I want to have the one with no edits and blah, 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 blah. I think a lot of it is like competition with yourself. Like no one else cares. Literally no one else cares. But I also feel like in the role I'm in now, I feel this even more where I'll have friends or clients or whatever say like, oh, this is so great. Thank you so much. You're so lovely. And I still go into those potential client calls, calls with like prospective clients or potential clients. I go in like a little bit more guarded and a little bit more nervous. And I I think it's mostly because of my age, but I think a lot of it is because I'm worried that they're going to have looked at my LinkedIn and know that I don't have 10 years of agency experience. I was not 21 and it was very sad because they had like a ping pong day well like one of my last days and it was summery in Portland it was great and they were like all grabbing beers and ciders from the fridge and they were like Delaney and I was like I can't (laughs) I'm like that's why I haven't come to happy hour with you guys I actually do want to hang out (laughs) yeah I think that brings up a good point in your internship is such a camaraderie thing to go out with your coworkers, spend that extra hour after work just hang out and to not be able to attend to those things. One, it doesn't last forever. So it's exciting. No, it'll be fine. Two, maybe once it does end, a pandemic will come about and then it doesn't matter what age you are. And three, not being able to take the easy route to say yes to that happy hour requires you to put in the extra effort to ask a coworker to grab coffee or to do a Zoom call you can do those things instead even though it's not going to be the same it's a good way to get in the habit of having to put in that extra effort it would have been so easy if I was 21 to be like perfect I'll go get some wine with the girlies and like bond that way even if it was awkward at first because everything like that always is but I think it was really helpful actually how did you like stay connected because you obviously made an impression because they hired you again and they wanted to give you a full-time job I think it started out with just being intentional and showing up in a way that you cared. I've always had an interest of who's in the room, what's their experience. I think being extroverted helped me not be afraid to say hello and talk to people. I was listening to a Harvard business review podcast, Women at Work, shout out. Basically, this episode was talking about how life is going to be different 
post-pandemic now that we all finally got used to living in the pandemic and that some people are having anxiety thinking about what those interactions will be like once yes. you're back in the office or see it's so weird talking to a person you haven't seen in a while let alone ever it's just weird now I like don't feel like either of us really have social anxiety normally but I feel it so one thing that this podcast was saying is that they had a study done participants would think I'm going to act like an extrovert this week and they measured like their happiness levels or stress feelings of fitting in and then the next week they acted like an introvert and for one thing that proves that really anyone no matter where you fall on the spectrum because I think most of us are just somewhere in between and you can be introverted when you want to and extroverted when you want to first of all and second of all I think take a chance and push yourself because that's where you grow. Like Delaney and I were talking about earlier, the vulnerability is where you grow. And if you don't take those chances, you're just going to stay in the safe zone. So don't do that. I'll just say, I don't think that really answered your question, Delaney. It just showed up though. You made yourself known even in just the office setting. I think like also asking my manager interesting questions that showed that I was paying attention to helped but I will share an example of now in my job being remote because we don't get that happy hour anymore either I had one-on-ones with everyone on the team at the start of my time on the job but a couple of my coworkers offered to meet more regularly and it's like awkward to set up those meetings sometimes or feel like you're stealing their time And um, I just realized like, you have to say yes. If someone offers you something, you have to say yes, if it's a reasonably good outlook that can come from it. And so now that I have those one-on-ones and I've been meeting with a few of my coworkers now for eight months, it really has compounding effects. There's just so much more trust built into these relationships that I have with my coworkers because we've had conversations and have been able to check in, see how each other is doing. And I get to tell them about my woes as a newbie in the workplace. But it, not only has it led to a stronger bond with my coworkers, but it's also led to opportunities where they understand how I think. I get to learn more about their outlook on things. They're more likely to pull me in on projects because they also know my workload. So that, for example, actually happened last week after a one-on-one. Someone was like, hey, I have this interesting project. What's your bandwidth? And those are things that they just wouldn't have said otherwise. So, Well, and it's also kind of like you said, like you have to say yes to things. I think it's also, you don't know unless you ask. And so it's no different, in my opinion, for a coworker than it would be for like an informational interview. Like, yeah, it might be awkward to ask for that. And I would always be like, I know you're really, really busy. I'm so sorry. And I'd be like so apologetic even before they even said anything. But the thing is, if they don't want to, they'll just say no. Mm-hmm. It's all good. They're not going to be like, oh, this jerk. <laughs> like, how dare they ask to bond with me? And I think it just all is about like how you approach it. You're not being like, hey, can we get on a call so you can help me with my work or so you can be my therapist? You know, you've been here for a while. Since we're all remote, I would love to be able to connect with you and more regularly if that's a possibility. If you don't have coworkers like Lauren who kind of take the initiative there. So I don't have coworkers. (laughs) 
and that was something that's been kind of a challenge for me. You know, I've set up calls with people that are also freelancers that I've known for a while or people that, you know, we kind of we collaborate together, but we don't like compete with each other and they're not like directly working with me just to like check in and chat. And those have been so nice and so valuable to me, even if they're not like a regular, regular thing, even if it's like, okay, every couple months we do a check-in and one of the people that was a photographer at the place I interned um, now is a freelance photographer. And so she just started that. And so it's nice because she might be like almost 10 years older than me, but she's just starting at the freelance thing, which I've been doing for a year now. And so it's a weird dynamic there too, of I should be the one asking for her advice. And it's not really either of us asking for advice. It's just more like sharing stories and being like, what platform do you use to manage your clients? And I think it's one of those things where just like with your coworkers, like getting someone else's perspective on something is like so valuable, especially when you're younger, when you might feel the pressure to like have the answers on your own, just have someone to kind of bounce ideas off of. And even if they're not at the same like stage of life and career in you, like they can remember, like they remember what it was like to feel like your bandwidth was overflowing or you were bored and didn't have anything to do. The way that you highlighted how this woman has been in her career for 10 years and you've been in your career for one, but it can so quickly change where you become a novice or you feel like an expert. And I think, I don't know, that story makes me appreciate the one year, how much that has really taught us, but it can be challenging to have the confidence or even realize it even when you're giving advice and having those conversations. Yeah, especially I feel like in our situation where you're used to being the mentee, that's been interesting because I've had a couple people this year that have that are like my age or like a year younger, maybe two, who've been like, hey, can I can I get on the call and talk to you about your job? And I wanted to throw up. I was like, ew, I don't want to be the one to give you any advice. <laughs> I was like, that's not what I do. And I felt so nervous about it because it felt so, um, I don't know, like that's not what I do. Like I go to ask, like I still have people on my list that I want to ask questions to, but it was very weird and also kind of nice because I think it, um, like those com- like there was this one girl and she is our year, but is hoping to like move into like food PR and she was so nice. She emailed me because she had seen me in this like CPG group she's in, consumer packaged goods for those who who don't know for food basically snacks. <laughs> I'm in a lot of snack group chats, so that's what I do in my free time. Hence the podcast, probably. Um, but she, you know, was our year, and so I. But I didn't know that until we got on the call, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I graduated in 2022. I've been really struggling to figure out what to do, and I'm just like really, um, I really look up to what you're doing." And I was like, oh, "What? No." And at the time I was like, oh, that was just like really flattering. Thank you. But I think I think about it more. And I was like, yeah, like we shouldn't take this first year of our career for granted because there's always someone who thinks what you're doing is really cool. There's always going to be someone to learn from. And there's always going to be someone who's going to want to learn from you, even if they're older or younger or the same age. So you might as well like capitalize on that. And I, 
I was talking about this actually recently with one of my mentors, because we were talking about how you're on a team for a reason, or you're working with other people and they're providing you feedback in your case, it's a little different, but you're on a team and you're working with other people and collaborating with other people. Like we don't exist in a vacuum for a reason. And just because someone has a different perspective to share, doesn't mean that it's the right one. We're all just kind of here to piggyback off one another's ideas and really come up with the best solution. And I think it can be hard when you're new, like when you're in a room and a situation is brought up and you have initial thoughts, but no one's saying anything, their ideas are totally countering your opinions. It's really easy to think, oh, my ideas or my thoughts were just wrong and I shouldn't share them. But it's important to know even if you don't have as much background on a given situation as a new person in your career, it still should make sense what they're talking about. Well, anyway, you no, still have a- that makes sense. Right. And I think it's like your perspective matters, even if you don't think it does. Like I've had situation, I had a situation like two weeks ago where it was like a total age thing because I was doing on this project for this client that like is like decades into her career and is like a- done amazing things and in my head I'm like oh well I know that she's worked with a ton of PR people so I'm sure she has like way high expectations um and it was interesting because there was a time when I should have said something like I should have called something out as not being right um not like in a like oh controversy but like that makes it sound like that but um like I didn't get the information that I needed um, to do it how I wanted to do it. And so I did something the way that I thought they wanted. And then when I got feedback, that oh, this is all wrong. We need this. And I was like, well, you didn't give me that information. I always said it nicer than that. But um, they were like, well, we would expect that you're the expert, that you would tell us what you need. That was a moment where I was like, yeah, like it might have felt weird at the moment to be like, actually, no, that's, this is not correct. And I can't do this until you do these things. But it would have just saved so many headaches all around if I had had the courage in that moment. And it's been very interesting because a lot of my clients starting out like knew a lot about PR or knew a lot about copywriting. And so there wasn't a lot of like, quote unquote, education I had to do. But now I have a lot of clients who they don't, they don't know anything about PR and like, that's not their business. So like, why would they? That's been a real challenge for me because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be like condescending and be like, this is why it has to be done this way. But like, I know better. And I'm sure there's a situation in work where you know better about something than someone else in the room, even if you might not think it. So like, you might as well just say it, even if you feel silly at the moment, or even if you get like a little nervous one of my coworkers was also saying how you know what you're working on better than the CEO most of the time, which I was like, I don't think that's true still, but it's a, a good reminder that if they hopped into the model that you are working on, or if the founder of the company that you're working um, for some PR for, like she doesn't know what the algorithms do she doesn't know your content as well as you do and 
that's really empowering to remind yourself. Um, the other thing that I was going to say is it can be scary to make those mistakes of not speaking up and feeling like I did have that thought, I should have said something. But I also, at least this is my point of view, and maybe Delaney, yours is different. But I feel like looking back on times when I've made mistakes like that, when I didn't speak up, which a couple of those have happened recently. Now I'm noticing that it's my, like you only make those mistakes a couple of times, once if possible, because you realize how valuable your voice is. And as long as you're acting on the best interest of your client or your company and the ultimate mission and values, what you have to say matters as long as it's not your own personal agenda. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel like the learning curve was for you for those instances? Like I said, like a lot of my early clients had like a lot of experience with PR. And I think in those, I almost didn't say things more often because I was worried that I would be told I was wrong because they also had some expertise in that area. Um, so I feel like that's probably more similar to like for you, Lauren, where like you're all working on you have a topic you're working on, you all have some experience in that arena, unlike me and like a client who makes granola bars, like are going to have very different. Like, I don't know what kind of ratio to honey to oats you need. Well, I do because I make good granola, but not granola bar. But how to manufacture packaged goods and like how to bring them to grocery stores, like that's not what I'm good at. So I'm not going to give you input there unless it's from like a consumer perspective, being like as a consumer, I would think this. Yeah. In the situations where people knew similar things to me or had a similar experience, like knowledge base to me, I was always way more nervous because there's the opportunity for them to correct you or like bring something in. And so what I found in one, one client I was working with, like I was doing pitches um, and I was writing media lists. And I remember them saying, oh my gosh, I had a call with this client and they asked me these questions. I had no idea the answers, but I knew all the answers to those questions because I was the one working on that project. I just wasn't the person presenting it. And so I think that was a big, not a big, a little, like a little turning point of, okay, they could, yes, in a meeting, they could say, no, actually we're going to do it this way. But I know at the end of the day that I know what's going on in that project better than they do, even if I'm giving them reports. You know, they don't know the exact words that that person used in the email to respond to me, but I do. They might not know the strategy behind what I did, but I could tell them. And so I think that was really helpful for me to feel more confident in presenting those opinions and ideas of being like, well, actually, what if we did this way? There are things, like you said, as long as you're not pushing a weird agenda on someone, you might as well share. That's kind of how I think of it. It's like, you might as well. What's the harm? What's the worst thing that could happen? They say they don't like it. People have very short memories. Other thing too, if you need some motivation to speak up is realizing that you may want to sit back and just enjoy the conversation because there's a lot to learn, but especially in a remote setting, people don't just assume they don't know any of the work that you're putting in unless you show that you're putting in that work and paying attention. So as you speak up and share your own input, that provides an opportunity for others to see your perspective and know that you're paying attention. I think that's so interesting that you said that from like a corporate perspective, Lauren, because it's something that a lot of people just kind of assume that people know other people are working hard. 
And I don't think that's the natural assumption for people, unfortunately, because I had a client who we got to the end of her contract and we, she, we were like talking about re-signing and she was like, I, I don't really know what was happening. Like, I don't really know what's happening. I was like, oh, well, I talked to you every day on like Slack. And I was like, whatever other information can I give you? She told me, I want you to show me every single week why you're valuable. Now, I don't know if that's always the healthiest thing because I don't think you should have to be proving yourself like that constantly. But it was an interesting thing where I was like, oh, this makes sense. You don't know what I'm doing every week. And in turn, or some people want to be like involved in a project more than others. So like your manager probably knows what you're doing and probably knows project you're working on, but someone who's like adjacent to you might not. And for me, it's the idea of they might know like in theory what I'm working on, but they don't like really know what I'm doing day to day because they're not my super, like they're not in charge of me. And so that was an interesting thing for me to realize of, okay, what I would consider over communicating, which I already feel like I do, is actually something that's really valuable because it's showing my client again and again, like repeating what I bring to the table and what I'm working on. Like, these are all the people I pitched this week. This is where this project is at. This is like, I've been emailing with this writer all week long to try to get this story up. To me, they just seem like expected, but to a client, it's like, okay, things are moving along. It's probably similar for you where they might know that you're working on things, but unless you say in that meeting, like, well, I've been working on this spreadsheet. I don't know. <laughs> like I've been working on analyzing this thing and I found this was really interesting. That might be helpful for what you're working on. That's very valuable. I think that also brings up a good point of the analysts are working on things that none of the originators are touching. And so what the originators are working on a lot of the time is external facing, it's high profile and it's super interesting. And so when we're in team meetings, I don't feel like sharing what I'm working on is super valuable because from my point of view, I don't think anyone's going to learn anything from that. But then I realized they're paying me. I am working on stuff. I should definitely speak up. And actually it's interesting because today my manager in our team call asked me what I've been working on. And I decided to share one back of the napkin calculation I ran on steps that we need to take to meet our goals. And I just thought, weren't we talking about this more? And I got to share that and got to hear the perspectives of everyone. Hi friends, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we have good news for you. Clearly Delaney and I had a lot to say on this topic. So hop to the next episode for part two of this conversation. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe, leave a review and share with a friend. Talk soon. Thank you.